Hello to all of you, and thank you so much for coming back to Lesson 151. And I want to remind you with this one in particular that this is about practice, not understanding, because a lot of the words that are used in this lesson and others, of course, are pointing us to an experience. It's not trying to explain intellectual material. The title of this lesson, All Things Are Echoes of the Voice for God. Now, we've talked a lot about mirrors. You have a reflection in the mirror of your image. That's something related to sight. Echoes are sounds being reflected back. So it's another way of saying something is coming back to us. Something is being reflected to us. So keep that in mind as we go through this. All right, here we go. No one can judge on partial evidence. That's not judgment. That's just merely having an opinion based on ignorance and doubt, not knowing the facts. Its seeming certainty is just a cloak for all the uncertainty it would conceal. It needs irrational defense because it's irrational. <laughs> and its defense seems strong and convincing and without a doubt because of all the doubting underneath. You've heard people be very blustery and very self-assertive and no possibility for any discussion about anything. In other words, they've got all the answers. Don't question them. They're afraid of being questioned. So then it says, you don't seem to doubt the world you see. You don't really question what's shown you through the body's eyes or the other senses. Nor do you ask why you believe it, even though you learned a long time ago that your senses do deceive. And therefore, the fact that you believe them to the last detail, whatever it is they report, is stranger yet. When you recollect how frequently they have been faulty witnesses. In other words, you could be, I am positive that house was on the corner of this street, only to find out it wasn't. We're always being very certain of what we heard and what we saw, only to find out that's not the way it was at all. And that doesn't happen just once in life. It happens all the time. So it says, so why do you trust these senses so implicitly? Well, it's because of underlying doubt, which you would hide with this show of certainty. Yes, indeed, I am positive that what I hear and what I see is the truth. And then it goes on to say, well, how can you judge now? Your judgment rests upon witnesses that the senses offer us. And it says there couldn't possibly be more false witness than this. But how else do you judge the world you see? It says you place pathetic faith in what your ears and your eyes report. You think your fingers touch reality and close upon the truth. And this is the awareness that we understand and we think more real than what is witnessed to by the eternal voice for God himself. In other words, the Holy Spirit, that mediating function between what cannot be expressed in words and something that we can somehow rationally understand. And then it asks the very obvious question, can this be judgment? You've often been urged to refrain from judging, not because it's a right to be withheld, it's because you can't. <laughs> we don't have all the information. 
you merely can believe the ego's judgments, all of which are false. Wow, all of which are false. It, and that means the ego, guides your senses carefully to prove how weak you are, how helpless and afraid, and how apprehensive of just punishment, how black with sin, how wretched is your guilt. Notice the high drama level. The Course does have a lot of drama in it. This thing it speaks of, this personal self, this sense of separated self, and defends, the ego tells you is you, and you believe that this is so with stubborn certainty. Yet, underneath remains this little hidden doubt that what it shows you as reality with such conviction, somehow it doesn't believe. It is itself alone. This is the ego alone that it condemns. It is within itself that it sees the guilt. In other words, the ego sees itself as guilty. It sees its own despair in you. Well, don't hear this ego voice that witnesses its sins to prove to you its evil belongs to you are false. And they speak with this so-called certainty of what they do not actually know. Your faith in them is blind because you would not share the doubts that this ego mind can't completely vanquish. You believe to doubt its witnesses is to doubt yourself. Now, you're going to have to learn to doubt this evidence. And that's going to clear the way to recognize yourself and let this voice for God, this intuition, this Holy Spirit, this right mind alone be the judge of what's worthy of your belief. He's not going to tell you that your brother should be judged by what your eyes see or what his body's mouth says to your ears or what your fingers touch report of his body. He, the voice for love, passes by such false witnesses to God's Son. He recognizes only what God loves and in the holy light, because we are light beings, the holy light of what he sees, all these ego dreams of what you are vanish before the splendor he beholds. That's your splendor he's beholding. So let him, let our right mind be the judge of what you are. For he has certainty, this right mind has certainty in which there's no doubt, because it rests on certainty, with a capital C, so great that doubt is meaningless before its face. Christ, all of creation, cannot doubt himself. The voice for God can only honor him, rejoicing in his perfect and everlasting sinlessness. All of this is talking about us, the us that's hidden by our hallucinations, but not in any way changed. Whom he has judged can just laugh at guilt, unwilling now to play with these little toys of sin, unheeding of the body's witnesses, not paying any attention to what your senses see. Before the rapture, we experience of seeing Christ's holy face. Obviously, it's not talking about literally looking at a face. It's talking about an experience. And thus, you are judged. So accept the word of love 
for what you are. For love bears witness to your beautiful creation and the mind whose thought created your reality. Okay? So what can the body possibly mean to him who knows the glory of the Father and the Son of all of creation, of all of light? What whispers of the ego can he hear? What could convince him that your sins, your crimes are real? Remember, we've only made them up. So let him be judge as well of everything that seems to happen to you in the world. His lessons will enable you to bridge the gap. Bridging the gap is an important idea between illusions, between the hallucination and the truth of what you actually are. So this intuitive awareness, this voice of love is going to remove all faith that you have placed in the hallucinated pain, disaster, suffering, and loss. It's going to give you vision which can look beyond these grim appearances that we make up in our scary hallucinations to behold the gentle face of Christ in all of them. This is the real world. This is where we still see forms, but we see it so differently. We see the light in it. So you will no longer doubt that only good can come to you who are so beloved of God because he The voice for love is going to judge all happenings and he's going to teach a single lesson that they all contain. The single lesson, only love is real. And to do that, he's going to select the elements in them, and that's all the happenings and events that represent the truth, that represent love and joining, and disregard those aspects that reflect only idle dreams of separation, of hatred, of fear. And he's going to reinterpret all you see, all occurrences, each circumstance, every happening that seems to touch you in any way from his one frame of reference, wholly unified, wholly sure. And you will see the love beyond the hate, the constancy in change, the pure in sin, and only heaven's blessing on the world, this real world of light. Again, it's still the world of form. We haven't awakened yet, but we're seeing only through the eyes of love. Remember our practice period was saying that my mind holds only what I think with God, which is the precursor to this. I only want to think about and see and be aware of things related to love. Such is your resurrection. Now, remember, resurrection is we were alive, we deadened ourselves, and now we're coming back to life. That's what resurrection is. For your life is not a part of anything that you can see with your bodily senses. It stands beyond the body and the world, past every witness for unholiness that your senses can see, within the holy holy as itself. In everyone and everything, his voice would speak to you of nothing but yourself and your creator. In other words, that's the only thing we want to see in everything is love itself. So you will see the holy face of Christ. Now, this doesn't mean the face of Jesus. The face of Christ is referring again to an experience in everything and here in everything no sound except the echo the reflection of god's voice 
kind of a metaphor for experience that cannot be stated in words. So it has to use these lofty sounding words. So we're going to practice wordlessly today, therefore, <laughs> except at the beginning of the time we spend with God. So we're going to introduce these times with just a single slow repeating of this thought for the day. All things are echoes of the voice for God. And then we're going to watch our thoughts. Just watch. Appealing silently to him who sees the elements of truth in them. So let something beside your ego mind evaluate each thought that comes to mind. Take out the parts that are fearful and not true. And give them back to you again as clear ideas that do not contradict the truth of creation, the will of God, such as we did before by holding only the thoughts we think with God. So this is kind of the process of eliminating anything that would not be held in the mind of God. So give him your thoughts, and he's going to give them back as miracles which joyously proclaim the wholeness and the happiness God wills his son as proof. Listen to that proof of his eternal love for you. Yes, specifically, uniquely, you. And as each thought is transformed, becomes loving, you can see the love behind it. You can see the call for help behind it. It takes on a healing power from the mind which saw the truth in it and failed to be deceived by what was falsely added. That would be anything fear-driven. All threads of fantasy are gone, and what remains is unified into a perfect thought, a perfect, loving thought that offers its perfection everywhere. So we're asked to spend 15 minutes when we awaken, and another 15 minutes before we go to sleep, and now it uses a word which is not used up to this point, your ministry. Your ministry begins as all your thoughts are purified as we let go of our grievances. And so are you taught to teach the Son of God, that's all of creation, the holy lesson of his sanctity, of his innocence. No one can fail to listen when you hear the voice for God give honor to God's Son, which is everything. And everyone will share the thoughts with you, which he has retranslated in your mind. Because remember, what's in your mind goes to every mind. There's only one mind. Such is your Easter tide. Such is our coming back to life. And so you lay the gift of snow-white lilies, that offering of love and compassion, on the world, replacing witnesses to sin and death through your transfiguration. Now remember, transfiguration is either a radical transformation, that's one way to think of it, or an emanation of radiance. And with that, the world is redeemed and joyfully released from guilt. Now do we lift our resurrected minds in gladness and in gratitude to him who has restored our sanity to us. We have been deeply insane and asleep. And every hour we're going to remember him who is our salvation and deliverance. And as we give thanks, the world unites with us and happily accepts our holy and very loving thoughts, which heaven has corrected and made pure. 
now has our ministry begun at last to carry around the world. And that carrying around the world is automatic. Remember, what's in one mind is every mind. Carrying around the world the joyous news that truth has no illusions. Truth is not eliminated by our going to sleep and hallucinating. And the peace of God through us and as us belongs to everyone. Now see, you can't try to figure out these words. They are pointing to an ever more close and imminent experience that's promised to all of us. So practice well. This is a marvelous time. Talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye.